Welcome back to the Block Safety Podcast created by Foresight Consulting. My name is Aaron Simmons and I will be your host for the series where we'll be discussing health and safety as it applies to your blocks. I am no expert, but I'll be talking with experts and industry professionals and quizzing them on your behalf. Find our series on YouTube and Spotify. Feel free to follow us on social media. Let's begin. Welcome, James. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Excellent. I've heard about Working Group 8 and the fact that they are um, setting out training plans. Do you think that's, has it been helpful? Uh, yeah, Working Group 8 have given us the competency framework for the building safety manager, involving um, everything that's come down from the, uh, the Dame Judith Hackett report. That should include things like the uh, fire safety information, any public safety information, and then any structural safety information as well. Um, and that, that then provides us core responsibilities that are required for the building safety manager and also to give us those competencies ready for when we do go out into the workforce. So they're not providing the training plan, they're providing the competency framework. Welcome George. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I hear you've been quite busy. Yes, I am. Um, I'm, I'm working my way through um, the new rule. For myself, I have a lot of training I'm going through and I'll be doing um, other trainings, I say compartmentations with the, the guys as well, I'm part of my training. And um, I have fire safety management course, which is ongoing as well. That's great. So you're currently also training to be a building safety manager? Correct. Um, so how does your background help? That's a good question. My background has been building engineering. Um, and I mean, three years ago, I was working in property management. That is a quite different thing. Because my background was more of the construction side, I love working with contractors when it comes to building. So that is something that is, is in me. And um, when I had this new bill come in for building safety manager, I said to myself, this would be a, a fantastic role for me. That's why I joined Foresight. Hello Ian, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Have you been uh, busy? Yeah, been really busy. Um, I've been building on uh, gaining more knowledge yeah. uh, through various bits and pieces of training. It fits in well with my experience that I have uh, previously in facilities management. Seems to mirror quite a lot of the role, even the fact that you are looking at all the compliance issues for a building. Uh, making sure that all the maintenance is carried out correctly, making sure the contractors are working safely and things like that, so you've got all your proper permissions and things like that in place. As an FM, um, you need to know who your stakeholders are, so you need to be able to deal with all levels of the people in the building. I was working in um, Fire and Rescue as a FM for a PFI, so I'd be dealing with firefighters, senior firefighters, area managers, um, all the way up to senior people in the um, local county council, which is always a challenge, but you need to know your customer. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really important in the building safety manager role as well, is not just being the man that can sit there and do audits and sit there in your silo, you need to get out and you need to engage with people. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're 
fire risk assessment training is, is fit quite nicely in with the fire risk assessment side of the um, building safety manager role. Yeah, so I come from a fire safety background in both uh, residential and commercial um, properties, uh, generally dealing with residential. Um, so we, I have got some relevant experience when we're going on to, on to building safety managers. The golden thread, I've heard about that previously with some of our other guests. How does that fit in with the building safety manager as a whole? Well, the, the golden thread came from the Hackett report after the Grenfell fire. It gives a line of continuation on all of the safety information that should be uh, available or will be available for a residential block. So that is including fire safety, public health safety, so things like asbestos and legionella, and also on structural safety. So ensuring that the building in and of itself is safe for people to live in it. How do you see this fitting in with your day-to-day role as a building safety manager? Well, the vital thing for that is to manage the safety case for the property. So that's where you're including the files that you need to, to manage to ensure that safe running. So there will be a fire and emergency fire, health and safety fire, and also any resident engagement that you need to do. So if you need to push out letters informing the residents of their responsibilities within the, within the block, uh, that is part of the building safety manager's remit. Our role will be more of um, a day-to-day supporting the accountable person. When I talk of accountable person, it could be a property manager um, who look after um, other people's properties on behalf of a client and um, or estate managers. So my role is supporting them in, in, in terms of the safety case. Um, the building safety manager have to make sure a building is safe for people to, to live in. You do need to know the people you're working for and the tenants. You can't stand back. You need to engage with them. You need to have them on side. So if there are any compliance issues that do involve them, you can sit down and talk to them and actually engage with them and explain what it is that they need to do or what it is that I'm doing to keep them safe rather than just posting a letter through the door walking off and then expecting them to understand what's going on. How would you go about informing all of the residents that of anything that you need to change or do within that block? Well, in my opinion, the resident engagement is a vital part of the building safety manager. Where, where the building safety manager should come in and what it was designed to do is to give those residents a feeling that they are being looked after within that block and their needs are being taken care of um, regarding the safety. Uh, so that can be done numerous ways, but it gives a point of contact for those residents. They know that if they approach the building safety manager, they will um, have any of their issues um, or their concerns can be dealt with, and it also gives them uh, a focus for, for any of their concerns. Um, that could be anything from tenants meetings, letters, knocking on doors when you're doing site visits, through to technology or solutions so they could have an app or something or even just an email survey that you could send through to them that they can respond to if they've got an email address they might find that easier so all so effectively you will be available for residents anytime they feel they you know there's something unsafe or they've seen something that needs to be fixed then they would be able to contact you you'd put yourself forward whether by phone or however else you would be yeah there'll be some contact um, some contact method um, that's not been 
uh, decided yet and it may differ between block to block and differ between what kind of residences live there so what kind of demographics are in there so more um, if there if there needs any extra care uh, residents they may have different measures um, that they need to put in place to actually contact people but it's not just for the residents as well as for contractors or anyone else inside um, they also know there is a, a central point of contact for anything safety in the building so if they do see something when they're working on the uh, on the property they know well we've got a reporting um, we've got someone to report to and we know that something will be done about it so what if um, I'm uh, a property manager with only a few blocks in scope? I guess that's where I would come to an entity. Um, what would you say are the pros and cons of going to an entity over employing someone? I'd say it makes sense for a smaller organisation because you're also buying into the infrastructure that the entity has. Somebody who's already qualified, um, probably be working in a group with other building safety managers, you will have probably a large group of building safety managers from different backgrounds, so have a large amount of experience, competence and training to draw on. You won't have to bear the costs of training your own building safety manager or employing one. So going back to your training, um, how is the, your overall experience so far? Uh, the experience is good. We've got another six months or so to go when we're going to continue on through those um, phases that I mentioned before, so public health safety and the resident engagement and a little bit of structural safety as well. Honestly, I'm finding it very well. Um, the, the training is going, thinking about the fire safety management, not entirely about even fire, but the structure element of every building, especially the cladding system we have. That's what we call it, the external wall system. This training has given me that exposure to know what to expect from every building. Can anyone be a building safety manager? Do you have to be licensed? Uh, there's no licensing in place at the moment. Um, however, anyone can be a building safety manager. However, they will need to provide some kind of relevant experience um, or come from a relevant field uh, to do that. They also then need to get themselves qualified. Um, so you go through the qualification and that will give you uh, the competencies that you require um, and the qualifications you require and then everything else there will be based on experience from that. But you do need a certain level of experience within a relevant field before you could start. So going from a facilities manager through to a fire safety professional and now on to a building safety manager, what advice would you have for our listeners? Uh, I'd say to anybody who's involved with residential properties, especially high-risk, high-rise properties, get your information in that you might be missing, uh, how the property is constructed, any compliance information you need, how you're going to engage with residents, how you're going to engage with contractors, how you're going to manage contractors, um, just so that you're prepared for when the legislation comes through. Uh, it's really important that we do pick up this golden thread that's been dropped and we do make the building safer for everybody that's in them and working in them. Thank you, James, Ian and George. Next, I'm going to be speaking with Roger Gillespie, who is the Managing Director of Housing LMS. Hi, Roger. How are you doing? I'm good, Aaron. Thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Um, so 
been speaking on our podcast about the building safety manager's role. Can you tell us a little bit more about Housing LMS, your background and what you provide as an organisation? Well, Housing LMS is is a fairly recent company. It has grown off the back of its uh, parent company, Training LMS. So LMS stands for Leaders, Managers and Supervisors. So we've always concentrated our training mostly in the construction and property sector, helping people do management level courses and in a number of cases getting chartered. So we've worked with a lot of housing type organisations over the years and, and that's really where we saw there was a need for more sector specific training. That is where Housing LMS came from. So we, we do a lot of training in the housing market, social housing market, private sector um, and also the property sector as well. Okay, so what type of training courses do you provide um, online? Do you provide uh, classroom training? I mean, clearly at the minute we're going through COVID, so I guess the majority of them are online, but once the restrictions are lifted, will you provide classroom training as well? The short answer is we, we'll provide whatever clients require. I have to say, you know, when a lot of the, the training that we're currently doing was planned, it was obviously envisaged to be to be traditional face-to-face classroom. Everything has moved online. Um, we, we do live webinars and, and we give people the opportunity to, to speak one-to-one to tutors as well. I have to say that the, the vast majority of feedback from people is that suits better. You know, the traditional block a day out of your diary, travel to a venue. I'm not saying it's gone completely, but the sort of bite-sized one and two hour segments are a lot easier for people to, to fit into their diary. And, and it means we can cover a lot, you know, so a lot of our existing courses, we have we have people from all over the UK attending, which uh, traditionally, you know, we'd, we would have had to put on courses in, in venues all around the country. Mm-hmm. So I think there will be a, a move towards um, online training being more of a permanent thing in, in a lot of training. And um, so obviously you provide the building safety manager um, course. What else, what other types of training do you do other than other than that? Well, through Housing LMS, a, a lot of our other courses are linked to the building safety manager role. So we, we have quite a, a large suite of fire safety courses and asbestos and uh, housing maintenance. And we, we also do a number of uh, more generic housing related courses. So some of the uh, Chartered Institute of Housing qualifications as well. So what criteria do trainees have to cover on the Level 6 BSM diploma? Well, it's it's quite a varied syllabus, to be perfectly honest, because the role of building safety manager will have to cover so many different areas. So I, I guess as it'll be no surprise to people that the, the largest element of the content is to do with fire safety legislation. So both understanding what the, the, the legislation is and also how to manage fire safety um, in completed buildings. So that takes up around about a third of the the course but there's other things that um, are responsibility of building safety managers that they need to have an understanding of so from for example a a unit on building safety management itself so um, I suppose that's one of the most technical and relevant to the to the new role there's a general health safety and well-being unit as well where we where we look at more general health and safety issues and asbestos and legionella and, and risk management the candidates also need to understand a little bit about 
how a building goes together because they will be responsible for liaising with designers and um, liaising with contractors when, when work has been carried out. So there's a unit on technology and structures to get to get a basic understanding of, of the implications of, of getting construction work carried out. And there's also a unit on building regulations. So it's it's very important that they, they understand that, that everything they're doing is is done to the correct standards. So you can see it's quite a quite a wide range right across basically fire, health and safety and some construction content as well. Okay, excellent. And uh, are there any plans for a level four diploma going forward? I would be very hopeful that there will be a sort of entry level qualification, which probably would be at, at, at level four. We have certainly had a, a, a strong interest in it. Um, there are some people who feel they're not quite ready for the, the, the full role of a building safety manager, but they, they want to ease their way into it and maybe work at sort of technician grade or, or working under a, a fully qualified building safety manager. So obviously in the last 18 months, two years, all of our energy has been on developing the uh, the Level 6 Diploma, but that's something we, we certainly have been in, in talks with CIOB, the Chartered Institute of Building, and I'd hope uh, before the end of 2021 we, we might have some good news on that. Interesting. So um, who would be the awarding bodies for these courses? At the moment, it is the Chartered Institute of Building, so they were very fast to, to step up to the mark um, and, and were very keen to effectively take the lead on this. Again, because it's such a range of, of skills that you need, you know, there wasn't an obvious home for it, but um, I, I think the Chartered Institute of Building accrediting it is the, is the right body because so much of it is, is uh, related to construction. So how many building safety managers are there currently in the UK? Well... There are some building safety managers. Certainly some social housing organisations have, have, have taken a, a lead on this and, and have taken great strides to, to putting in place um, building safety teams. It's unclear exactly how many there would be because there isn't a sort of formal register, but um, anecdotally and, and you know looking across the various social media platforms and, and hearing what different organisations are doing, there certainly are a number in place. They're probably increasing on a daily basis but uh, whenever people realize you know the scope of this and the number of buildings that are that are going to fall into this including medium rise buildings hospitals hotels and so on i mean quite probably you're looking at a requirement for thousands of these so yep so there, there there's going to be quite a demand um and uh, you know i th- i think i think a lot of the the the, the social um, housing sector is starting to realise this, but I think the, uh, you know, the, the the private and commercial sector, they're not quite sure what's coming down the line yet for them. So, how big is the challenge going to be to find building safety managers? Immense. Um, is is the short is is the short answer? There isn't a pipeline at the minute of people coming through. We don't have, for example, established degree courses. The level six diploma is the only sort of specific route out there. No doubt there will be other solutions and um other ways that that people can fit into the role. But there there isn't an off the shelf product. We, we've we've got to take people from different backgrounds. There will be some, for example, in a fire safety background or a construction or a health and safety background who will have elements of the skills and competencies required but of course simply completing a diploma in itself does not make you competent you need experience uh, you, you need on the job training as well so so you know this is something that is going to keep people busy there are, there are, there is going to be a considerable challenge of this over the next few years so we've asked this question to our trainee 
building safety managers earlier on in the podcast, but can anyone be a building safety manager? In theory, anybody could work towards the role of building safety manager. The key word that that we're all using these days is competency. And as I say, competency is a mixture of the learning that you do, but also the experience that you have in in the workplace. I think that's why, as we we referenced a few moments ago, the, the, the potential for a level four certificate is important because different people will take different periods of time to get there. But I mean, I have spoken to a number of people. We have accepted onto the course people from from all sorts of backgrounds. Some of them will be able to slot into the role very quickly. Some of them already are effectively uh, in a job role of building safety manager. Some of them accept that even when they have finished the diploma, they still have a long way to go before they'll actually be able to undertake the role. So what kind of methods would you suggest for a building safety manager to ensure that they have compliance regarding fire safety? And does that change if they have a portfolio of buildings? Well, that all depends on the, the, the structure of the team, I would say. Obviously, if they have a fire safety consultant, then um, you can ask questions of, of that person. But, you know, to become competent um, with fire safety, that's something that takes time. There is plenty of information out there. There's plenty of help. You should certainly familiarise yourself with the guidance documents, the legislation, obviously the fire safety order. There's a NFCC specialised housing document, PAS 79, the MHCLG suite of documents. So, you know, there's there's lots of reading out there for people who, who want it and you, you do need to be on top of that. So I guess it depends on your confidence and, and how much of that you feel you're already competent in. And, and as anything in life, if, if you have areas that you're short on, seek advice. You can also obviously liaise with your your local fire authority. They won't tell you what to do, but they will offer guidance um, to help you comply with the fire safety order. Um, and of course, there's there's the option to enter into a primary authority agreement with the with the fire service as well. If you have a portfolio of buildings, then you might want to consider setting up a a fire risk management system. Um, this gives you some sort of structure and and consistency for being able to manage multiple sites across your portfolio. Does the building safety manager role need to be appointed in-house? As we've said, there are very few building safety managers available at the moment with it being such a such a new role. The candidates that are coming through at the minute tend to be from within existing teams, such as the, the compliance teams within housing associations or bringing them across from other departments, such as the, the maintenance and, and repairs department. But... Um, ultimately, those responsible for, for recruitment, they're, they're struggling to fill the posts at the minute. Um, uh, some are choosing to go with the, the, the concept of, of bringing in an, an entity to do the BSM role. So, so having a, a team or having a, a consultancy come and do it and, and some are opting for the, the person concept. So there is the option for a, a third party to be able to take on that responsibility. And, and that's no doubt something that, that organisations will be looking at in the future. That makes sense. So um, finally, what piece of advice would you give somebody who is thinking of becoming or training to become a building safety manager? It's not all about the textbooks. You need to know the the building or buildings that you might be responsible for looking after. It's also very important that you get to know your residents. This is very much, uh, and we and we refer to it many times on the on the diploma. You know the importance of engaging with the residents, bringing the residents a, a, along with you. You need to understand the legislative requirements for each of the safety elements um, that go along with the role, um, 
And also, you need to know who can help you with that because it is going to be very difficult for one person to to immediately have all the skills. So you should be looking maybe at, at colleagues and, and other departments or, or external consultancies um, that, that may be able to come in and, and help. Join us next week where we'll be discussing projects and safety, including refurbishment and demolition surveys, CDM requirements and cladding removal. If you have any questions, feel free to contact Foresight Consulting. Thank you for listening.